Welcome back to more Real Talk with Big John. It's been a while since we've had a podcast, since I've had a podcast, rather. I've, uh, while I've been absent, I have not been taking a break. I have been extremely busy with ministry, with family, with, with work. Uh, none of them are excuses, but they are excuses, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, during the time that I've been, I've been away, uh, there's been a series that I've been working on in my own personal study, and uh, and it's it's not that I'm going to share so much as it's at a time of it's a time of independent and of independent growth with the Lord in preparation for some uh, some ministry work that's taking place. I do ask that if uh, if you would please remember me in prayer as uh, as these things progress. And anyway, one of the things that uh, that came up the other day in a topic that I was having with my bride around the topic of holiness, uh, I'll get into the Word and uh, I'll explain what I'm talking about. I'm going to start reading in Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship or spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the will of what, prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. This topic of holiness is one that has been on my radar for many years, but it's one that uh, is is not is not spoken about an awful lot. In circles that aren't uh, aren't Pentecostal in nature, uh, and here lately, as by divine providence, I have heard more and more people speaking on the matter, and some doing an excellent job, some maybe not so much. Uh, one of the things that I would like to take this from is, as always, here on this podcast, we're talking about real world application of of already relevant biblical facts. And in that same vein, I would like to propose to you an idea or a thought or a topic or whatever you want to call it as to how you utilize this truth in Scripture. I want to read an additional, uh, an additional portion of the chapter of Scripture that I think goes with it very well. Uh, and, and I think that if we take these together, we will be better off for it. Therefore, uh, oh, excuse me, this is Hebrews chapter 12. Interestingly enough, I'm reading from two books, both in chapter 12, if you're taking notes. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every incumbence and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now that's almost like a great setup for what for what's fixing to happen. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And you're striving against sin. You have forgotten the exhortation 
which is an address is addressed to you as sons. And then we're quoting from the Old Testament. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, near nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which you will all become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we have earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we, ha shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share in his holiness. All discipline, for the moment, seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may be put out of joint but rather be healed. Not be not be put out of joint but be healed. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Now in some translations like the King James Version, uh, that word sanctification there is uh, replaced by the word holiness. And in that, I want to make sure that I do two things. The first and the foremost thing is I want to make sure that everything that I do here glorifies God and edifies the church. I want to make sure that if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, whenever you listen to this, that you don't feel condemned or that you don't feel put off by, by, the, by the Lord, but rather that if you fall into an area of reproach in the following statement that you know that this is done in love and I want you to see at least what I believe the scriptures are saying. The second thing is I want to come at this from a point of view that I believe is practical and, and able to put into practice. For example, I'm a member of, of the Church of God, which is... Uh, known as a Pentecostal church. It's a, a church that has for years uh, been associated with uh, holiness and holiness living. In the past, there have been uh, very, I want to say very hard lines taken over non, uh, there were items that were really not non-negotiable that were made non-negotiable and to the great despair of a lot of people, it hurt, it hurt folks. And, uh, Again, I, don't, I just want to make sure that I don't do that here. So, I'll give you some examples of some things that I see that are being done, that are being done maybe with the right intentions, but done in the wrong way. So, uh, it's my experience that a lot of times people look at the things of the world, and we realize, like in uh, Romans 12, we don't want to be conform to the world but we want to be transformed by the renewing of the mind right so when we see the world do something that we that we know is sinful that we would say okay the, the most sensible thing to do is to do exactly the opposite of that is to do 180 degrees if you're a math you know if you learn by math numbers to do 180 degrees of that and in doing so then we must be doing the will of god i think that that's an area that the gnostics fell into where uh, they they say, well, if flesh is evil, then all spiritual things must be good. Well, that's just not true. 
right? Because there are times that the devil can come as an angel of light. So we need to make sure that we don't start to use this fallible, fallible and frail human logic when it comes to trying to wade through uh, these spiritual waters. So we do not want to take something that, the, that even though if we know the world's doing it and we know it's wrong, we don't want to just automatically do the opposite of it. Now, the opposite of that may be the right move to make, you understand. So I'll give you some really clear examples here. Obviously, abortion is wrong. Abortion is something that the world would promote. So we do want to do the opposite of that. But we don't want to do the opposite of that just because the world is doing it and the world says it's okay. We want to do the opposite of that because that's that's uh, the opposite of that is what Christ says to do. Okay? That's the reason we want to do the opposite of that. When it comes to matters of... Uh, entertainment okay so this is probably one of the most popular ones i used a very extreme example in the first one here's a far more uh area of, of gray i would say there's a lot of folks that i know that don't don't have a television or don't uh, have uh, apps on their phone or, or don't have smartphones they don't keep phones in their in their bedrooms or they don't have uh, computers in their bedrooms because this is where so many areas that the world falls into temptation. Like in Hebrews chapter 12, they've laid aside snares that easily beset them. And if they're laying aside snares of the enemy that could entangle them because the Bible says to, then that's fine. But if you do not put a television in your home because the world has a television and that's the reason you do it, then it's wrong. It's wrong to not have a television. I may have talked around the t subject and confused people, so I want to make sure I, I clear that up. If you look at the world and you decide, I'm going to do the opposite of the world, the world is what your focus is. If you decided that because the world has television in your home, therefore I will not have television in your home, the world is still your focus. If you decide that I'm going to wear a particular brand and styling of clothing because the world wears the opposite, the world is the point of your focus. And I submit to you today that if the world is your focus and if the world is going to be the thing that you use to determine how you're going to live, then the world is still what you're worshiping, even though you claim that the man or the, the, the reason behind is because of the man Christ Jesus. Now, that is how I believe a person can make a decision that looks right and smells right, but it's made for the wrong reasons. When I spoke to the men the other night at my church, I told them, I said, our desire should be to be more Christ-like. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be putting off the things of the world because the world likes them. We should be putting off the things of the world because Christ is being formed in us and the things of the world now turn our stomach. And our focus being on Christ means that we become naturally less like the world. I really hope this is coming across. It makes sense in my mind. It makes sense in my heart. But I'm not sure how well it's coming across now that I'm speaking it out loud into a microphone without any kind of dynamic feedback from people that, I, that would be in the room. Make sure that the decisions that you're making as an individual are made because they're pleasing to God 
as opposed to being the opposite of men. It's very important. It's very important. What you think about when you think about Jesus says more about you than anything else, according to A.W. Tozer. So when you think about when you think about pleasing God, or when you think about God being formed in you, or whenever you're pushing to have God formed in you, it will naturally make you less like the sinful world and more like Christ, but it will be doing so because your focus is on Christ. I think that that's a very practical way of looking at a very difficult concept of uh, holy and right living. Whatever you do, make sure that you do it in love. And I hope this has come across as in love. We want to make sure that we live right. We want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can do to please God. But we need to be doing it from a position that is centered and focused on Jesus Christ. Giving Him glory for everything that we do. Edifying His bride by all that we do. And ultimately becoming more like Him in glory. I want to thank y'all that that faithfully listen to these podcasts as I so unfaithfully put them up. I'm humbled that I look at my analytics and see the audience growing even though I'm not putting new material on. I pray that this podcast finds you well. I pray that you be growing in holiness because you are focused on Christ Jesus the author, and the perfecter of our faith. And it's in that same Jesus. I say, it's been real talk, and I'm Big John. Thank you.